one, year number four. It's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 278 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for checking out the episode. In just a few moments, we're going to dive into my tips for round 19, and I'm going to be joined by my mate Mick Aussie. And we'll hear what Mick has to say on round 19 as well. And uh, as uh, many of you know, I'm uh, working my butt off this summer at the local amusement park because my plans are to be in Australia at some time next footy season. Although, looking at what the uh, incoming CEO has to say about the possibility of scheduling. Who the hell knows who's going to be playing when? Uh, I'm just... If it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, or don't try to overcompensate. I think that's like when you're you're in a skid on uh, the road. You're not supposed to overcompensate and turn into the skid. Um, I don't know. It's just, just interesting seeing all of the things that are coming out with these new ideas. And, and I'm not sure that that they're all wonderful, but we'll get into those here in just a bit. But again, folks, don't forget that if you are interested in uh, maybe getting your local footy club, getting a shout out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note on any one of my socials. You can find all of those over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. Uh, you can find a Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook at yank underscore on on Twitter is where you're going to find me most of the time when I'm uh, doing things related to the podcast or over at my website, as I'd mentioned before. Now, today's club of the episode are the South Colac Football and Netball Club. And the Kangaroos are members of the Colac and District Football League, and they are based in, and I'm going to apologize if I pronounce this incorrectly, but I, I believe it's Elaminate, I believe is how it's pronounced in Victoria. And the club began back in 1951, and they described themselves as a family-first club. And this weekend, they face off against Biragura. And also on the 22nd, the club is hosting their, their annual ball at the Ms. Scarlet at the Austral Hotel with uh, entertainment being provided by Will & Co. And you can find info on their uh, Facebook page, which I'll have linked in the uh, show notes. Now, I want to wish the, uh, the Ruse the absolute best of success the rest of the way through the season, but I wanted to take a moment and make sure that I uh, didn't give a shout-out specifically to Jack Foley from the Ruse. Now, Jack has battled back over the last two years from consecutive ACL injuries and played his first round of footy within the last couple of weeks. So, Jack, your perseverance is absolutely applauded, and uh, I wish you and your teammates all the best and great health and great footy. Now, before we, we dive into footy, I do want to take a little bit of a step back uh I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole here in the last uh, couple of weeks. As some of you may know, we've talked about how I am beginning to invest some time in watching cricket. Now, I have not jumped into the ashes. I think that would be uh, telling a 60-year-old man like myself that, hey, guess what? You're now on the uh, Olympic swim team and you're swimming the 500-meter race which uh, I actually have a, a student at uh, the school that I teach at who's now a student at the Ohio State University. He is a phenomenal swimmer, a young man by the name of Charlie Clark. I work with his mom as well. 
and Charlie is one of the best swimmers here in the United States. He just finished fourth in the United States Nationals in, I believe, the 500-meter. I don't I think they do meter events in uh, in swimming, but uh, Charlie's you know doing a phenomenal job. Now, I could probably swim 500 meters, but not to where I would be competitive. They would have the entire natatorium cleaned and the lights all shut off probably by the time I got done. But I have taken a dive into cricket, and I am telling you, I am loving what I'm seeing so far. Here in the U.S., they have just started what they are calling Major League Cricket. And that's designed to um, parallel Major League Baseball here in the U.S., which, again, for those of you who've been following the podcast for a while, I haven't, well, I'm a lifelong baseball fan. I love baseball more than any game on the planet, save footy now. But baseball is what I spent 55, 56 years of my life watching almost exclusively. I'd watch a little bit of NFL, college football, that type of thing. Never much basketball or hockey. But I'm a little disgruntled by what Major League Baseball has done. But with Major League Cricket, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and check this out because part of it was the thinking that uh, once the winter rolls around here, that's when Big Bash is going to be happening. And uh, I wanted to kind of check that out. So I've subscribed to what is known as Willow TV here in the U.S., which allows me to watch uh, cricket from all over the world. They actually have jiu-jitsu championships on there right now. I'm not going to be watching that. But as of right now, I believe they've played eight games in the Major League Cricket season so far. And again, there's only six teams right now. Um, and they're all playing at one location because they're just trying to introduce the game. You've had somebody... Uh, a businessman from India who has invested a huge sum of money in getting this league up off the ground. And you have players coming from all over the world, uh, along with a number of American cricket players. Now, many of these American players are naturalized citizens that have moved to the United States and have become citizens. I know there's um, players that have come from Pakistan who are now naturalized citizens who are playing. But there are also a number of Australians who are playing as well. And I wanted to just share with you um, a little bit from a story here. And yesterday, one of the games was on what's known as the CBS Sports Network, which is kind of a mainstream sports channel. It's like FS1 and FS2, where the AFL carries footy on occasion. Well, they'll show about half the games during the course of the week. So this was, a, I think, a major step for cricket here in the United States. And, I, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I've been fascinated by it. I've actually actually downloaded a little cricket game on my phone, and I've been playing that, and I've, I've actually had some success. Um, some people have absolutely beaten my brains out, but uh, I've had fun with it as well. Uh, but the former Australian skipper, and, and I, again, I don't know all the, the roles that these players have played in Australia with regards to cricket, but uh, Aaron Finch uh, is over here, and... Uh, uh, Moises Henriquez, who was with the Sydney Sixers, is uh, heading up the San Francisco Unicorns. I'm sorry, the Washington Freedom. And Aaron Finch is heading up the San Francisco Unicorns team. Um, and uh, you've also got uh, Shane Watson over here, as long as as well as Greg Shippard and a number of other international players. And I'm starting to recognize some of the names as they're mentioning them. But uh, Adam Zampa, Tim David, Jason Berendorf, Andrew Ty, Matthew Wade. Marcus Stoinis, Daniel Sams, Ben Dwarhus, and Josh Philippi. Um, now, Mitch Marsh was supposed to be playing, but uh, 
he had commitments to be involved with the Ashes, so he is not here. But I have to tell you, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Now, this, this whole season, if you will, is only lasting about five weeks. I think they're playing a total of about eight games per club, maybe nine games per club, and then they're going to have their playoff season. So they're just they're just dipping their toe into the United States. And I'm hoping that, you know, they've, they've built two stadiums, one in North Carolina, one in Texas, and they played the first eight or nine games in Texas, and then they're all going to go to North Carolina and play there as well. And, you know, we may see where this – and they, they've had great crowds. They've had great crowds. Uh, the uh, – the, the coach of the Texas club, which they're calling the Texas Super Kings, is uh, the the head coach of the Chennai Super Kings from the, the IPL that just won the championship this year, uh, a New Zealand gentleman by the name of Stephen Fleming, which I'm sure that's a name that if you're following cricket, you're going to recognize that one immediately. Because I saw his, you know, they put his image up on the screen, and I'm thinking, I've seen that guy before, and I know he, he coached in the IPL because I watched the IPL championships a few weeks ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about this. And, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'm, I'm, as I told you, I'm very frustrated with what major league baseball has done to itself. Now attendance is up, I guess. Uh, but as a purist of the game, I'm one of those people that didn't necessarily want to see it rushed the way that they're trying to rush through it now. And I told my son, who is a massive baseball fan, and that's I, I'm going to take credit for that or blame myself for it, whatever, whichever term, you know, direction you want to go with it. But when I told him I was starting to follow cricket, he said, damn, Dad, you'll do anything to not watch baseball anymore, won't you? So, yeah, I, uh, I'm just not real thrilled with what Major League Baseball has done, and that's why I'm so thankful that I found footy back in 2016 and I'm so glad that I've been able to just jettison baseball. I don't even think about it anymore. I don't even think about it. I, you know, I, I, the, the local team, the Cleveland Guardians, that used to be the Cleveland Indians, I could probably name a third of the players that are even on the team, and that's only because they were on the team the last time I watched. I mean, I, I don't know most of the names on there. And, I, and I'm not wearing that as a badge of honor. It's just I've gone in a different direction. And I'm so thankful that all of you have allowed me to come along on that journey. Okay, so enough about cricket, enough about baseball. You know, a few things going on in, in sport, uh, in the AFL, and uh, the incoming CEO is uh, Andrew Dillon, if I'm not mistaken, is, is making some propositions about um, whether or not there should be some changes made to the um, scheduling, whether we should add wild cards. I'm going to go ahead and chime in, and again, this is just an American's viewpoint. I'm not a big fan of that idea, okay? I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of bringing the wild cards in. I think the chase, you know, you know, yes, the league has, as the league has grown to 18 clubs and soon to be 19, then you've you've gone up from, you know, and again, I'm and this is not to slight the sandful or the waffle, or anything like that, but I know you know when the VFL was a standalone state league, and the majority of the clubs that are now in the AFL were residents of that. I believe there was a top four, if I'm not mistaken. Then it expanded to six, and now that we're at 18 clubs, it's gone to eight. You know the NFL has now, um, you know they 
they've gone to where I believe there are seven teams from each, the AFC and the NFC that make the playoffs. Uh, the, you know, so you have a couple wild cards. And the big difference there is that you have the different like divisions. So, you know, the Cleveland Browns, a team that I support, you know, play in the AFC North where you've got the Browns, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Ratbirds, or the Ravens. Uh, I hate the Ravens. So you have you know, one team winning each of those divisions, and then they have like two other teams that would have that have like the best overall records from the AFC or the NFC that make the playoffs. So the top two teams, the the best team in the AFC and the best team in the NFC, get a first round bye. Kind of like the uh, um, the team that wins the first you know that that finishes in the top four. The two teams that win the first round game that they play in the finals, they get the following week off. They, get, they give them the bye week ahead of time to kind of rest and recover, if you will. And then they come back and play somebody who's, you know, gone out and uh, beaten up on another team for the previous week to give them a bit of an advantage there, if you will. So I'm, I'm not real keen on the idea of, of, uh, of bringing in more clubs or having wild cards. I like the idea of the eight. I think that the, the structure of that where you have the losing sides that are top fours, you know, get that double chance to come back in and play the winners from five through eight. I love that. It's unique. It's one of those things that when I show it to American fans who will, you know, follow along, pay enough attention to it that they get really excited about it and think that this is a great idea. Okay. So, um, I'm just, I'm just not sure that it's the right direction to go. And of course, when they had the 19th team, I don't know. You know, I uh, suppose there's some discussion about bye weeks as well. I would love for the bye, you know, I would, and I've heard people propose this, you know, have like a single bye, you know, again, 19 clubs, it's going to be more difficult to do this, but with 18 clubs, maybe you have only two bye weeks or maybe one bye week where everybody is off to rest and recover, reset the table for everyone. And then just make that round about promoting the hell out of local footy. Bring local games to the MCG, to Marvel, to GMBHA, to the Adelaide Oval, to to Optus. And allow some of those people that may never get the opportunity to play on those grounds to come play at those grounds. I, I Maybe I'm completely off base here, but I just think that would kind of be a, a neat way to do it. Now, of course, from a financial standpoint, they're not likely to... Uh, to do that sort of thing. Now, uh, Chris Scott has spoken out, and I was reading an article on Code Sports uh, from Matthew Forrest, where you know, he was talking about the uh, that the comp is one of the most compromised competitions that you could possibly imagine. Um, you know that that, and I had to go in and read, you know, what that was, you know, all about. And you know, he's talking about you know the un- uneven number of games against opponents, you know, the, the gather round. Um, which I think the gather round was a good thing ultimately, um, but uh, though does it compromise the integrity of the game? And of course, that was the, one of the other things that uh, that um, was being discussed was changing up the scheduling and going to like a seventeen and six. And yeah, you, you first seventeen rounds you play each of the other clubs once, and then from what I've been able to gather, the the talk was having the last six rounds of the season be based upon where you are on the ladder. Which, 
I don't know if I like that idea, especially as somebody who's planning on traveling next year, and I don't think this would necessarily be implemented next year, but somebody's planning on coming to Australia to see games next year. I'm not real keen on the idea of not knowing what games are going to be played when if I'm looking at traveling there. And if you're if you're a supporter who's planning on following your club to go play at you know another stadium in another state and you're planning on, you know, the tourism aspect of things, that really puts you behind the eight ball there. So I'm not sure about I, I like the idea of having the the structure of the schedule. From what I've been able to gather, they kind of base it upon where you finished the previous year. And again, that doesn't mean that clubs are going to be in the exact same spot the pre, from the previous year. Okay, that doesn't necessarily mean that at all. You know, you, you look at you know where Sydney is right now as compared to where they were last year. You know, they played in the grand final last year. They're scuffling at the moment, battling to try to get themselves back into relevancy and hopefully play finals. So I just really, really wonder whether or not um, it should be... Uh, it should be changed that much. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, Scott's quoted in the article, um, maybe when you're administrating, administering a competition, the act, integrity of the actual and the fairness of the draw should be pretty close to your number one priority. Uh, he goes on to say, Usain Bolt doesn't start with, with at a 10 meter disadvantage in the Olympics final, Olympic finals because he's better than everyone else. But we're, we're sort of forced into that situation because it's probably right that if Collingwood win the premiership, that they shouldn't have the easiest draw the following year. And the same thing with you know, the, 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 you know, the Cats. I mean, you, you, when you go back and you look at the beginning of the season, the Cats had on paper what was one of the toughest draws in the comp, if not the toughest. And we're certainly seeing they've got a tough run home on paper from what they had had, you know, based upon the, the latter results from last year. So I'm not sure if I want to start upending things and making changes and... Uh, and trying to just shift things around that way. You know, rather than doing that, maybe spend a little bit of money marketing the game here. I mean, cricket is now trying to find their way in here. Uh, and uh, maybe spend just a little bit of money on advertising here in North America. Because, you know, us, us uh, U.S. citizens and those of us in Canada and probably even some in Mexico, and I know one in South in. Uh, southern part of brazil uh are loving your game but we'd love to share it with more i mean i've still never watched a game with anyone else ever i've been following the game now since 2016 i've never sat down to watch a game with well i watched about a quarter of a game at my mom's house one day and she was like okay that looks interesting and she she enjoyed it but it was not you know she's not going to become a rabid fan but other than that it's been uh that's been what it is. Now, also seeing that uh, Clarko is going to be back uh, coaching uh, as of round 21. He's going to be shadowing Brett Ratton, who I'll talk more about in a moment. Um, here in a couple weeks, just to kind of get himself reacclimated with the club. He's been doing some scouting at some of the under-18s and that sort of thing. So, makes me wonder, have things been resolved behind the scenes with what went on at Hawthorne? I don't know. I don't know, but it sounds like he's ready to get back at it. So we shall see what happens with that. Um, now, for those of you, and again, I, I alluded to it earlier, but if you haven't listened, I, I am uh, planning on making a trip next footy season to Australia. Uh, I'm at the point now where I believe I've set aside the resources to 
to get me into the airport in Melbourne, but we'll see if I can get out of the airport or if I'll just be watching uh, games on my phone through my VPN, which I'll have to get uh, once I get there. So I'm, I'm real excited about this. I've been working my butt off at this job. Uh, I've got aches and pains in places that I forgot that I had, but next year it's going to all be worth it. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and, and, and meeting so many of you that I've had the chance to you know, to talk with on the podcast, to go out and visit some of these local footy clubs. Uh, I had an invitation from the club that I highlighted last week to stop by for a visit. I'm, I'm, I, I'm appreciative of all of that. So let's go ahead and jump into the tips for round 19. Um, got Essendon hosting the Bulldogs at Marvel. Andrew Phillips and Nick Cox are in for Essendon. Jai Menzi omitted. Nick Hine, the sub. Sam Wiedemann has been omitted. For the Bulldogs, Alex Keith playing game 100 along with Ed Richards playing game 100. Bailey Williams omitted. James O'Donnell injured. Lockie McNeil ill. Riley Garcia is the sub. Sam Darcy injured. And Bailey Smith, Buku Kamas, Josh Bruce, and Oscar Baker are all back in. I hope that Frode uh, gets the opportunity to watch this game. I know he's traveling throughout Europe. And Frode, from your pictures, you're having an awesome time. Um, you know, the... Uh, the Bombers had the brakes beat off of them by the Cats last week. And I, I, I listened to that game live uh, at work while I was out uh, doing some cleaning. And then I watched it when I got home. And it was even more fun to watch than it was to listen to it. Although I was out all by myself, you know, at, at 6 o'clock in the morning listening to the game. So I was able to hoot and holler listening to it. And appreciated the job that uh, Triple M did broadcasting that one. That being said... I'm going with the Bulldogs in this game, okay? I think the Bulldogs, um, I think these are two ships that are kind of passing in the night. I think the Bulldogs are a better side at this point in time. I'm going with the Bulldogs to win this one by nine. Uh, again, I believe I actually had the Bulldogs playing in the grand final this year. I'm not sure I'm going to be right about that, but uh, I just I think that they are a better side at this point in time. And we get to Richmond hosting Hawthorne at the MCG. Uh, for Hawthorne, Fergus Green injured, Lloyd Meek omitted, Seamus Mitchell is in, uh, for the Tigers, Hugo Ralph Smith is a sub, Maurice Rioli is omitted, and Ryan Mansell is in. Now the Hawks are going to play them tough. The Hawks have been, you know, they've been a tough side to play against, you know, even as, you know, they've struggled this year and they're sitting 16th on the ladder, but Richmond still has a glimmer of hope. To play finals, okay, they are sitting down there at 11th, even at 8-8 eight and eight with one draw. Um, they are only two points out of the number six spot on the ladder right now. So the, the, the Tigers are not out of this by any stretch of the imagination, and that always makes my blood run cold, realizing that Richmond is still in the hunt. And I think at this point in time, that I think the Tigers can almost change their name to the Sharks. Um, because they 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 just could go hunting there if they chose to do so. So, I am going with Richmond to win this one by 13. I, I just think that they're a better side at the present. Now, of course, as we mentioned last week, you know Tom Lynch is done for the year with his foot injury. Um, now, this game is going to be a little bit more intriguing than I think. You know, some people may be thinking on paper. Carlton hosting the West Coast Eagles at Marvel. Carlton's won four in a row. Now, some interesting ins and outs for this one. Okay, Jerry McGovern, Jeremy McGovern is injured. Ruben Ginby injured. Jack Pretticelli is in for the Eagles. Adam Chera out. 
Harry Mackay out. Jordan Boyd suspended. Patrick Cripps out also with a corky. Ed Kernow, Lockie Cowan, and Oliver Hollins in. Uh, and based upon what I'm seeing, Patty Dow can't get a game in this situation. That's uh, This is, I think, his last year in the Navy Blues. He's going to try to find a home somewhere else. Now, Carlton's going to win this game. And I think it's going to be by about three goals, maybe four. But I think it's going to be a more competitive game because the the Carlton midfield is is compromised with two of their top midfielders out this week. But again, I'm going with the uh, the Blues to win this one against uh, the Eagles. And then we get to the Gabba for the Cats visiting the Brisbane Lions. Uh, no changes for the Cats. Uh, Oisin Mullen is a sub for the Lions. Oh, uh, Tom Atkins playing game 100 for the uh, the Cats. Uh, Zach Bailey injured. Jared Lyons omitted. Devin Robertson's a sub. Kalamachi and Josh Dunkley both back in for Brisbane. This is game of the round right here, right? Game of the round. Number five and number three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, number three on the ladder. Um, you know, the Cats really flexed their muscles last week at home. My head tells me Brisbane at home. But, you know, if the Cats had not had the success that they have had in the last couple of weeks and started to turn things around, I might go with my head in this situation. But I am going to go with my heart here. And I'm, I'm going to go with the Cats to win this one by seven. I, I think this is going to be a great game. Unfortunately... I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to be watching this one because it's on at 2.35 in the morning, my time. And um, at that point, I'm going to be smack dab in the middle of uh, nine straight days at, at work at the amusement park. Um, so I will be watching this one in the morning when I get up. So uh, fingers crossed that I have good news when I when I actually do get up to, to watch this one. Because I don't think I have to be at work until like 2 o'clock that afternoon. But um I'm just I'm just worn out and tired from all of the the walking and such that I'm doing because I'm walking about 50 miles a week at this summer job. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm absolutely enjoying it, and it's you know it's great for my physical fitness. I mean I'm down over 75 uh, I almost said kilometers, over 75 kilograms now over the last uh, 23 months. So I'm feeling fantastic, although I am achy because that's what happens when you get to be 60. So, we have Port Adelaide hosting Collingwood. Now, I know I told Mick this last week. I said, is this a, uh, a grand final preview? And he's like, oh, I hope not. Uh, I don't think he was quite that um, drab in terms of his comment, though. He was a little bit more fire in his, as, a, as a Crows supporter, that not, not wanting that to be the case. Now, for the Pies... Nathan Murphy playing game 50. Taylor Adams playing game 200. Ash Johnson's been omitted. Billy Frampton omitted. Oleg Markov has been omitted. I believe his uh, he sprained his mustache. Um, Darcy Cameron in. Brody Majacek back for the Pies. For the Port Adelaide Power, several changes. Darcy Byrne-Jones injured. Dylan Williams omitted. Jackson Mead omitted. Jace Burgoyne omitted. Ollie Lord omitted. Tom Jonas captain also omitted back in charlie dixon former cat francis evans jason horn francis trent mckenzie and willie rioli this one's at 540 right after the cats game you know i i this is one i'm definitely going to watch because i've i've been watching a few fewer games 
that I want to be watching just because of the limited amount of time that I've had this summer. And I've started watching a little bit of cricket as well. But I think this is going to be one heck of a clash. Um, I think it was, you know, a good thing for Port to have dropped the game last week because I think it, it resets the, uh, the table, if you will, if you're playing billiards. Uh, I do think the Pies are going to win this one on the road. I, I just, I don't know. The Pies are just, I mean, and again, this is not to take anything away from Port Adelaide, who have been phenomenal this year. I mean, now these have been the top two sides. If you go back and listen to other episodes, I've, I have, you know, heaped praise on Port Adelaide all year. And I, I've, I've eaten a lot of uh, crow, as we would say here in the United States, and issued many mea culpas about not even having the pies in my top eight this year. I didn't think they were going to, you know, win the, uh, the close games this year that they, that they were winning last year. And they just said, okay, we'll just go ahead and blow people out instead then. But I'm going to go with the pies to win this one by five. It's going to be a close game. And uh, I'm really looking forward to watching this one when I get the chance to do so. And then we get to Optus. We've got the Swans heading out there to visit Fremantle. Uh, Corey Warner omitted. Lewis Mellican injured. Ryan Clark the sub. Chad Warner, Jake Lloyd both back in for the Swans. Bailey Banfield injured. Brandon Walker injured. James Aish injured. Nathan O'Driscoll injured. And Sean Darcy injured as well. Caleb Sarong, Hayden Young, Josh Corbett, and Michael Frederick back in for Fremantle. And again, these are two clubs that are battling for relevancy. Um, I don't know if either one of them have enough time to get back to finals. Fremantle's got themselves in a world of hurt. They're sitting at seven wins, ten losses, a percentage under 90. They've lost three in a row. They're sitting at number 15. The Swans are sitting at 14, but they're two games under being level. Okay, they are still only eight points off the number five, I'm sorry, off the number six spot on the ladder. Now, a lot of things would happen, have to happen, but this is still a veteran side, a quality side, a club that played in the grand final last year. Could they, you know, if I was expecting a club, you know, outside of a couple we're going to mention, well, we already mentioned Carlton, but GWS as well, who are sitting there at 9 and 10. Um, the Swans could certainly go on a run. This, you know, if, the, if this is Buddy's last year, Buddy could, you know, have one hell of a swan song here. Pun definitely intended. But I am going to go with Fremantle to drop this game against Sydney. I've got Sydney winning this one on the road by nine points. I just think that Fremantle is a... Do I really want to quote their song? Because I, I, I just think that that's what's happening with the club this year. They're being sent down below. I, I just... They're scuffling this year. You know, I... Is there a, a, a coach's opening at Fremantle at the end of this year? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then we head up to Monica Oval and uh, GWS holding Gold Co hosting Gold Coast. GWS, if you haven't looked, they've won five in a row. GWS is sitting at nine wins, eight losses in the number nine spot. They're same number of points as the number six, seven, and eight clubs, but they're they're there because of percentage. They're five percentage points almost behind the Saints sitting at the sixth spot. You know, they already stomped all over the Cats earlier this year at GMBHA. You know, I don't know if anybody wants to play the Giants right now because this is a good club. And I think they're I think they're a year or two ahead of where they are they were expected to be. Because you know they took a big step back this year, at least on paper, with jettisoning some of the players that they did, bringing in a lot of youngsters. 
uh, as well. Now, Harry Perrin's playing game 100 for them. Nick Haynes, Matt Flynn, and Finn Calligan are in. Braden Fiorini's a sub for the Suns. Chris Burgess, James Cetus, Jai Farrar, and Malcolm Rosas are in for the Suns. I think this is going to be a great clash because this is a game that the Suns have to win if they want to play finals. Again, they're you know they're looking up percentage-wise. They're only uh, you know four points out of the number six spot right now themselves. But this is a game that the Suns I think have to win. But I don't think they're going to. I'm going with the Giants to win this one by eight, and go ahead and get themselves a half dozen wins in a row here. I think the Giants are a club that. Well, as a Cat supporter, I don't want to face them in the finals. I don't want to play the Giants again because the Cats seemingly just, you know, and again, maybe now that they're healthy, it might be a different situation, but they don't seem to match up terribly well with them. And then we've got uh, the last couple games of the round, and we're still looking at it, you know, the extended uh, benches at this point in time. Uh, Melbourne hosting the Adelaide Crows. Uh, Ed Langdon playing game 150. Charlie Spargo has been omitted. Harrison Petty injured. Adam Tomlinson, Bailey Laurie, Brody Gundry, Cade Chandler, Michael Hibbard all listed on the extended bench, although Grundy supposedly is locked in to play VFL again this week. Uh, Luke Nankervis debuting for the Crows. Max Mickelhaney being managed. Rory Laird injured. Lockie Scholl omitted. Joshua Shelley suspended. Braden Cook, Elliot Himmelberg, Harry Schoenberg, Jackson Hatley, Luke, uh, the aforementioned Luke Dancurvis, Matt Crouch, and Patrick Parnell are all listed as in. Now again, you know the 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 D's are still sitting top four at eleven and six. Okay, they are still six points ahead of the Cats. Are the Cats going to catch them? I I I would love for that to be the case, but I don't think it's going to be the case. Uh, but the D's, you know, they've they've won they've won two in a row and they've scuffled a little bit. And and I need to take a moment. And I need to give a shout-out to uh, a mate of mine. And uh, I did give him a shout-out on social media after this happened. But uh, Chris Pepper from the Lace Out Podcast. Chris, I hope you are listening. But damn it, man. What in the hell were you doing walking out of that stadium before that comeback against Brisbane last week? I hope. I hope that the club sent you a strongly worded letter saying they were considering pulling your membership for having pulled some shit like that. I know it was funny, the video clip that you shared, and the aftermath was hilarious, and I'm only giving you a bit of a hard time here, man, but, you know, I, you know as a kid growing up, you know, baseball is played over nine innings. I don't think I saw the seventh inning of a game as a kid because my father had to beat the crowd out of the stadium. Now, when I was a kid, the Cleveland Indians, what's the term? They were shit. They sucked. They were awful. One of the worst teams in the league. They played in a giant 80,000-seat stadium, and they might have 4,000 people in the stands. So we could get our own row at the stadium. But he still had to be the first person out of the stadium. I don't think I saw a seventh, eighth, or ninth inning of a baseball game until I took myself to one because my dad had to get out of the parking lot before everyone else. Now, he was working a lot of hours. So he might have had to get home and get to bed, but I don't think I saw the you know the end of a game. And I remember taking him to a Cleveland Cavaliers basketball game once where it was packed and there were 20,000 people sitting in a 20,000-seat arena, and it took us an hour to get out of the parking lot. And he's sitting, it's a friend of mine and I, and he's sitting in the back seat, and he might have had more than 
one or two beers there, six or eight. And he was lamenting the fact that we were still in the parking lot. And I just stopped the car and I turned around and I said, just go the fuck to sleep. I said, I never saw the end of a game when I was a kid. You'll be fine. Take a nap. Uh, so, Peps, don't let it happen again, man. Win or lose, you got to stick around. You know, you, you got to do it. And, and even though that's happened, I'm going with your D's again this week, okay? I've got the D's winning this one by 10, um, you know, maintaining their stranglehold on the top four. But uh, D supporters, if you've not given, you know, Peps a little bit of a hard time, go ahead and give him a hard time and check out his podcast because he does a fantastic job. He's extraordinarily passionate about what he's doing. And it's been great to see J-Dog able to hop back on there from time to time as well. And I really enjoyed the time that I got to be on there a few rounds ago as well. And we get to the last game of the weekend, and that is St. Kilda hosting North Melbourne at Marvel. Now, Jack Paris has been omitted for the, the Saints. Jack Billings, Jack Bytel, Jack Higgins, and Tom Campbell are all in. So if your name is Jack, you are off the bench and in the game. And again, this is the extended uh, bench at this point in time. Um, and then for the... Uh, Um, Ruse, we have Callum Coleman-Jones injured, Cam Zerhar injured, George Wardlaw injured, Charlie Lazaro, Daniel Howe, Hugh Greenwood, Todd Goldstein, and Will Phillips all in, and debuting Robert Hansen Jr. And when I saw the name Robert Hansen, um, well, there's a couple names that pop up when you search Robert Hansen here in the United States, and I was going to mention, I'm only going to mention one of them. And that was Robert Hansen, who was uh, an FBI agent who was a, turned out to be a spy for the Soviet Union and the Russians and spent, um, you know, got caught, spent decades in prison for what he had done and died in prison back in June of this year uh, in what is known as the ADX Florence Supermax prison in Colorado, a place you don't want to visit. But uh, complete scumbag of a human being. Robert Hansen Jr., I wish you an absolutely fantastic career. Now, in my heart, in my heart, I want to see North Melbourne and Brett Ratton in particular beat the dog snot out of the Saints for what they did to him last year. I want to see them crush the Saints. And I would love to see that huge grin of, which I'm sure it wouldn't be huge because he's a professional, but I would love to see Brett Ratton just walking off the ground with the satisfaction of having gotten that win. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. With the injuries that they have and the way the Roos are playing right now. I've, I've tipped the Roos an awful lot this year. I don't think it's going to happen. My, my mate, Orville Gibson, I told him I was considering tipping the, uh, um, the Roos to, to, to beat the Saints. And he text, sent me a message back saying the Roos couldn't beat an egg. Uh, I am going with the Saints to win this one by 13. Uh, I, but I would love to see the Roos win this one. Okay, so there's my tips. Let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Mick Aussie and get Mick's take on these games. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to be joined again this morning, and what by this morning I mean at 7 a.m. in Edmonton by Mick Aussie. Mick, how are you doing today, sir? You got your coffee going? Uh, no, I'm a tea drinker, mate. Love the red rose with a little bit of milk. I got to have lactose-free milk and honey, mate. That's my go-to. Sip on it all day, actually. There you go. There you go. I, I I haven't had honey in, well, it's been a couple of years now. And I, I used to go through, I used to go through honey to where, you know, the bees had to work extra shifts to, 
to accommodate what, <laughs> I, what I was going through there. But well, I have not eaten. I've not eaten raw sugar in like ten years. I mean, sugar's in everything else. We know yeah. that, but I haven't eaten raw sugar at all. I've been. I have graduated to, I guess, to uh, that stuff that stevia, which I use in a lot of things, which is uh, which is pretty good unless you happen to be a peripheral character on Breaking Bad. Because right. that, that will end up doing you in. Uh, so if you've not watched Breaking Bad, it's been out long enough. That's not exactly a spoiler alert for anybody. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've got a, a really interesting round of footy coming up here. You know, we've only got six games left for each club this year. I mean, it, it's where the hell has this this fixture gone? I mean, it's just flying by. Oh, mate, as you get older, and I'm a routine guy, so I love routine. But the trouble is with that time just absolutely flies and my day job goes really quick and then yeah. time on the web just goes quick. So you've got to be careful. The time just flies by. Absolutely, it does. Oh, I'm, I'm, I am certainly figuring that out this summer with everything that I'm doing with my other job because I can't wait to go back to my real job so I can relax a little bit because it's kicking my <laughs> butt right now. <laughs> it is, yeah. You know, but it's 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 a good thing though. It's gonna hopefully pay off for me, unless they uh, come up with that seventeen and six fixture that they're talking about for next year, which I think is ridiculous. Have you right. seen that? Oh, I just heard. I just listened to AFL Daily, and they were talking about something like that. Yeah, I don't know. They're all the big bosses, all the managers or CEOs are in a meeting right now. So yeah. Damien Barrett obviously gets all the scoops. So. I'm sure they're going to come up with some good stuff, but who knows? Yeah. You know, don't, if, if it's not completely broken, don't, you know, don't gut it and start from the ground up to fix it. So, well, like they said, it's not fair anyway, is it? Um, not every team plays each other twice. So it's never fair. Same right, in the right. NFL. It's never fair. It's scheduling, right? Yeah. I mean, in the, in the NFL, you know, the schedule. Most of the games, you know, you can go and look and see who your your team is playing in like 2028 with the exception of a couple games. You know who they're going to be playing home and away for most of their games already. Yeah. Well, while we're on on schedule, I mean, we've got to get into it, but I'll briefly touch on the AFLW. I got to agree with Wayne Carey. Like, you know, well, they've got 10 games, 18 teams. Yeah. I know they're in for the long term, the AFL, but. I'm so firm on this. I, I can't believe they expanded to 18 teams so quickly. Mm-hmm. They should have done it gradually. The standards dropped, obviously, and the TV ratings dropped last year and the attendances dropped last year. They should have kept it at less teams, kept it 10 games for a while, gradually became a little bit profitable. But they've rushed into 18 teams and now 10 games. It's That's my opinion. I mean, I'm glad it's happening. Of course I am. And I'm not I'm not a knocker of AFLW at all. And all the women playing now in the country clubs is absolutely brilliant. But going to 18 teams so quickly, I just cannot comprehend that at all. Yeah, they did get a they did get a head start on that, but you know, because the talent pool had not quite replenished itself enough maybe to to outfit 18 clubs at the at the highest at the highest level yet. And that's you... an understatement. Huge. <laughs> what you just said is a massive, massive understatement. No wonder people are not watching as much if you rush to 18 teams. Anyway, I like the AFLW. I'm not here to diss it. Yeah. And then bad luck to Port Adelaide and Essendon and the teams that came in late. That's life. 
Yeah, you get you... in late, bad luck. Wait your turn. Get in first. Good on you, right? So I'm pretty strong in that. Absolutely ridiculous going to 18 teams so quickly. Do you anyway, think... we got we yeah. got to talk AFL. Well, do you think they're Do you think they're going to expand the the schedule beyond 10 games though? Well, they can't. They can't afford to. It's obviously losing so much money. But that's right. AFL got a ton of money. They know they're going to lose money for. Well, I'm going to say 10 years or more. And the women want money. I mean, do they want too much? Yeah, probably. But, hey, I don't want to get into that because then I'll upset women. But you know what I mean? It's like, and how can the – oh, anyway, it goes on ratings. Money goes on ratings. It's pretty damn basic. And I have no idea how the women's tennis in the majors got equal money to the men. Good on them. I'm not dissing them, but it goes on ratings. Ratings, numbers, money, sponsorship, and it comes back to that. So, yeah. anyway, I've said enough, but I'm I'll firm on that. Okay, so first game of the round. Oh, yes, you changed is... subject pretty oh, quick. Oh, I did, man. I'm controversial. Stepping... I'm stepping. Oh, yeah, well, we've got to move on, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not dissing them women no, at no, all. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not either. They can't demand I'm... this money. I'm, I'm not either. I just, I, I, I agree with you that maybe they did expand too quickly. Yeah, absolutely. But it's... uh. And, you know, I guess that, you know, the question is, is if you want the product on the, the field to improve, the game to improve, do you have to, and I think the answer is probably yes, do you have to provide an incentive for the athletes to be able to invest that kind of time in it and make it more of a, a full-time position for them than, or more of a fuller time position than, uh, than what it had previously been? Oh, absolutely. But I can see trouble coming because if these women ladies want too much money, I can see the AFL just saying, go and get stuffed politely because they got to do it gradually. And like when you hear the Canada women's soccer team want or the US want the same money as the men and all this, like it goes back to ratings on TV, revenue coming in. So I just strongly disagree with that. But I don't want women to be getting upset at me because I love women's sport. I love AFLW. I love the Canada women's team. But equal pay? No, it comes back to ratings, money coming in, and revenue. Bang, basic, done. All righty. So, ready for game one? Yeah, there you go. There's my rant. Okay. Okay. Uh, We got the Bulldogs uh going to marvel to face off against essendon this weekend and uh you know they you know essendon i i was surprised the way that game turned out last week against the cats i didn't think it was going to be that wide of a margin i'm thrilled that it was but uh i is that more about the cats or is that more about essendon in that situation wow well the bombers hadn't played there in so long but I, I know I know the cat's oval is skinny and it's all the home crowd, but really it's only an hour and a half down the road from Melbourne. I'm just I'm actually amazed how much of an advantage your home field is. And the cats got off to what seven to nothing goals in the first quarter. Bombers are flaky, I'm telling you. And the dogs lost as well. This is a tough one to pick. Good to see Bailey Smith and Josh Bruce back in. Oh, is Bailey Smith on the move? Maybe even to your cats because he's got some sponsorship down there that he does some work down there. I think the dogs will win just, but no, very tough one to pick. Flip of the coin, absolutely. Yeah. I went with the Bulldogs on this one as well. Um, I just, it's, yeah, there's, you know, 
it's going to be it's i think it's going to be an interesting matchup and i just i i i don't know if the if the bombers recover from last week i think they will but I, as you said it's going to be a coin flip i just think the bulldogs might be a better side and then i i kind of have to put my money where my mouth is so to speak because i think i had the bulldogs in the grand final this year so i better start having them win some games to to get there <laughs> yeah. yeah so so we've got the uh, the Tigers then hosting Hawthorne at the MCG, and uh, you know the Tigers—they're not out of this thing by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they are—they are four points away from being in the number five spot on the ladder. Save some percentage. Oh, I don't like the sound of that, but mate, I laugh so much driving around this week listening to a podcast. They replayed some commentary from the Ruse versus Hawks game. And I'm not sure who the commentators were, but they're saying the game was so bad, they called it a poo-off. Can you believe that? <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard that ever before. A poo-off. <laughs> so oh. I'm laughing my head off. Anyway, but, hey, this is news that I did read this morning that I'm impressed with. The new coach of the Tigers, they're 5-2 and two under McWalter. And young Morris Rioli, last week when he was taken off, he waved off the phone call that came through from the coach. Mm -hmm. And that's arrogant. You'd never do that back in the day. So I was so glad to see this morning that he was omitted for that. That is great discipline by the new coach. If I'm 100% correct, that is the reason. And I'm pretty sure I am, eh? Yeah, I did see that he was out. So, I mean, that is a... Uh... This will definitely be a learning experience for him. Oh, you know, I get it's, it. uh, and you know, whether, whether or not, you know, McWalter is, is the guy that comes back next year, if they run him back out there, you know, and, and who knows, you know, there, we may see a couple more openings happening, um, possibly, possibly one out in, uh, in, well, there may be two in WA for all we know, quite frankly, uh, yeah. the way things are going out there, you may have two new senior coaches, uh, play, you know, coaching in Optus, but have you got, have you got Richmond winning this one? Yeah, they're favored by about 18. I think they'll win and win well, even though the Hawks had a nice win over the Ruse, take the Tigers to win by more than 18. I think. Yeah. I went with, I went with the Tigers as well. You know, little less than that. Cause he, I always am a little more conservative on that sort of thing, but uh, I, I, I just think that that's going to happen now. At Marvel, the second game at Marvel this weekend, this is kind of an intriguing one. You know, you've got the Eagles coming into town because they have to. It's on the schedule. They have to show up and play the game um, against Carlton. And Carlton has won four in a row. You know, the Blues have kind of stabilized things. They've, they've pushed themselves back up, you know, to where they're number 10 on the ladder now. Um, you know, four points again out of that fifth spot. I mean, this is a jam-packed, you know, five through theoretically five through 14 i would i would say and even really 15 with Fremantle. if Fremantle ever gets its shit together if they went on a run they could they could push their way back up there i don't think it's going to happen but they could certainly do it but you know carlton's going to be without patrick cribs they're going to be without mckay they're going to be without chara you know this is maybe a little more intriguing than than one might think on the surface yeah, I, I have those three written down as key outs. Um, wow, they they were favoured by 65. It's probably dropped. I didn't check that this morning. 
Eagles, well, the sprinter is back. The sprinter that hardly gets a kick, Jack Petrotelli's back. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't diss him, but man, you can't. You got to have more than pace to play football. You got to know where to go and read the play. Obviously, that's the most important thing about football is reading the play and then having the skills to back it up. Right. McGovern out injured again. Jack Darling's played five hundred games. That's five hundred goals. That's impressive, eh? Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think he was anywhere near that five hundred goals, but that's pretty good for the big fella. Yeah, Blues will win. I'll have to check the spread again, but uh, Eagles might cover that. Yeah, I, I I've got them by about four goals here. I think it's going to be a little closer, but I think that I think Blues are going to win this one. Uh, you know, I did see from uh, a, a friend of mine who's a Blues supporter that that mentioned that hey, maybe Michael Voss can coach. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So we get to what I think is probably the game of the round: Brisbane hosting Geelong, and uh, no changes for the Cats. I went with my heart rather than my head on this one. So Oh that's that's fair enough. You gotta yeah. keep keep the faith, even though does any team ever win at the Gabba? Oh my no, god, not they're this, good not at this home, year. They? they haven't this uh, year. and I was interested to hear this week that um oh, I always have trouble with his name. Ragged Ragatulua, what's the big Radigalia. That's it, Radigalia. I have yep. trouble with that. He uh he's he can't get back in the side and they were saying the six defenders there, but he was playing amazing at the start of the year, so he might be on the move. I'd take him at the Crows. And uh Josh Dunkley's a big in for the Lions. Well, this is straight out a home field pick without question. Mm -hmm. Lions are favoured by about thirteen. Could be closer than that, but I just can't pick against the Lions at home. They're so good. I'm I completely understand that. I went with the cats by seven on this one. Again, I, like I said, I went with my heart rather than my head. Uh, I just, I, I think this is going to be a, a, a great clash. Um, but I won't be, I won't be shocked at all if Brisbane wins it, but, uh, and this is one that I'm going to have to wait a while to watch because it's going to, it's, you know, in the middle of the, it's two thirty-five in the morning start for me. And I, with what I'm doing right now, I will not be up watching that one. And then we get to what you chastised me about last week. Then when I said that maybe we're going to be seeing a grand final preview at the Adelaide Oval. And you gave me shit about that last week with Port Adelaide hosting Collingwood. Uh, you didn't like that when I said that, but uh, it still might be a grand final preview. <laughs> Whether you like well, it or not. <clears throat> no, you're right. But your cats are coming. I got to admit that. Oh, I well, hope so. the Magpies are a slight favourite. They've won the last five at Adelaide Oval. That's pretty impressive. But, wow, the Crows blew it, didn't they? What, they beat them by a point. Obviously, the power got Dixon, Horn, Francis back in and Rioli. Disappointing. But what about Tom Jonas getting dropped again? Hey, the captain was out for weeks, came back, didn't play too good. Mackenzie's taken his spot. So I hear Tom Jonas talk on Triple M radio quite a bit, but... Wow, he wouldn't be happy with that, missing out. I am going to go for the Collingwood Magpies, just, and your boy Meyer checks back in. Yes, Darcy he is. Cameron, couple of big ins. Absolute ripper, one versus two. 
The game was sold out over a week ago, I believe. So in excess of me playing at the start of the game, I always like that, even though I'm not a power fan. Can't oh. wait for that one. I'll watch it on replay. Magpies just. Yeah, I went with the Magpies as well. Um, I just, it's, I, I, I just think this is going to be a phenomenal matchup here. It's, uh, and I had something rather insightful to tell you, and I just, it just completely, oh, yeah, no, here's, here it is. You know, with, you know, Tom Jonas struggling, as the captain struggling to get a game, is it, you know, and I've seen where, you know, clubs have replaced their captains. You know, you know Stephen Canelio, no longer the captain at GWS, that sort of thing. Does, at the end of this season, if Tom Jonas is back there next year, do, does the, explain to me how a, a club makes a decision in terms of who the captain is going to be and would, would the club look at bringing in somebody new as the captain of Port Adelaide if Tom Jonas is there next year because he can't get a game? Well, no, they won't bring in someone straight away to be captain, but you could look at the excellent example of the Adelaide Crows where Jordan Dawson was there for one year and made him right, the yeah, captain that's what I, yeah, yeah. the second year. But no, they'll obviously... Oh, I'm 99.9% sure Tom Jonas won't be captain next year because you've got to be a, you've got to be one of the top six probably best players to be mm -hmm. captain alone. So they'll... They'll obviously um, have someone in one of the existing players be captain, but it's a tricky situation for the coach, isn't it? Because, wow, your captain's not getting a game and hasn't for the last eight weeks or so, except for last week. So, yeah, right, right. interesting. And Malcolm Blight said that he would never basically drop the captain or he had once and it caused trouble. So very strange situation. And, oh, Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. So we head out to Optus for Sydney heading out to play the Fremantle Dockers. And unfortunately, I, I mentioned in the introductory part of it today that uh, that the Docker <laughs> the Dockers have uh, they have kind of uh, personified some of the lyrics from their own club song, except that they've decided to take it upon themselves and they're sinking. They're being sent to the bottom. <laughs> They're all hanging on to that anchor at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, they've been terrible, haven't they? This is, yeah, this is again, this is a, a good club, but it's just, they just have not been good this year. Uh, and again, I did not have them playing finals this year. I had them dropping out of E8 this year. So I'm, I'm feeling somewhat vindicated by that, even though I completely blew the Collingwood one. Uh, <laughs> You know, where I said they're not going to win the close games this year. And they they said, fine, we'll just kick the shit out of everybody. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, I just, you know, the, the Dockers are sitting at seven and 10 and their their percentage is, you know, other than the three clubs that are mired at the bottom right below them, it's below 90. It's 89 and a quarter. I mean, their percent, and again, they're three games below level. So you can understand why it's <clears> below a hundred, but uh, they're, they're not a, a, really good side at this point in time no they've they got they got good on bowlers but need more big strength and power in the middle if you ask me i mean yeah you've obviously gone through the ins and outs but sean darcy's a big out ace banfield i just i mean i might change my pick for tomorrow night with gabe but 
I did go for Dockers originally, but with those outs, I'm not sure. And Chad Warner's back. He's a damn good player for the Swans. I have to check how good the Swans are over in Perth for my pick tomorrow night. But at this stage, I did go with the Dockers. Yeah, I went with the I went with the Swans. I just think you know that it's it's a solid veteran side, and and they you know this is a club that played in the grand final last year. That I think oh. that they. I'm not saying they're playing in the grand final this year. I mean, they're going to be hard pressed to make finals, but I think they're going to cause some trouble for some clubs that are, that are trying to get there yet. Cause this is still is a, a, a decent, decent club. And I think I, you know, if this is in fact, buddy's last year, I think he's going to want to go out, you know, firing as many rounds as he can, you know, at the goalpost before he's done. Well, and especially over he's, he's from over in WA as well, but, one thing, at least the Dockers, they got embarrassed again in in uh, London because had a Manchester pub. I know some fellas were watching the Magpies versus Dockers on replay, so mm-hmm. people over there even know they're crap this year. <laughs> and then we head to Canberra for GWS hosting Gold Coast, and this is this is an intriguing game because you know, I, to be honest. Who wants to play GWS right now? I don't think, you know, other than the Magpie saying, bring on all comers, you know, you know GWS is just is just a thorn in the paw of, of so many clubs. I mean, they got the cats at home this year. This is a this is a club that has won five in a row. And a lot of people didn't think they were going to win five games all year. And I, I think they're I think they're a year or two ahead of schedule right now, the way they're playing. And they've got some additional draft capital coming in because i know they've got richmond's top pick next uh in the upcoming draft in uh, november i think it is so gws might become a trendy pick to 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 be a a top eight side from the get-go next year man they they really might make the finals eh? they're 11 the 11 point favorite i'm gonna pick them five in a row what about sam taylor holding taylor walker to hardly getting a touch after half time but uh, the Crows, man, they Giants beating the Crows at home. That's a big effort, but the Crows have gone wayward. I'm going to pick the Giants and some news for you. Hot off the press, mate, just 10, 20 minutes ago, we all know that the sacked coach of the Sun, Stuart Jew, well, he's over now hanging out with the Australian cricket team, the Test cricket team in the Ashes. Okay. And they said that he has a connection with Travis Head. Well, I'm good friends with Travis Head's dad, who was over there right now. I was in his wedding, so I said wow. to, I said to, I said to Simon Head, I said, "So, what's the connection with your boy and Stuart Jew? Is it because you were a mad Hawthorne fan, and Travis became a Hawthorne fan because of you, and then because of Stuart Jew's a Hawthorne player and from South Australia? Is that why?" And Simon got back to me this morning. And he said, no, no, they just met a few years ago and become great mates. So there you go. That's as simple as that. But Stuart Stewart is hanging out with the cricket team in the in the practices and maybe, I'm not sure, maybe a bit of a motivational speaking. I'm not sure. Well, let's let's hope they have more success than than his club had. Um <laughs> and, and again, I you know, I I spent a little bit of time earlier in the episode talking about you know the the, the cricket going on here in the US right now. How, cl- how close are the ashes to wrapping up? Well, it's in the fourth of five tests. So okay. Australia up 2-1. 
And uh, obviously, if it's 2 all, the decider comes down to the fifth test. Mm-hmm. But I know there might be some bad weather coming. Hopefully not. So it's pretty evenly poised right now on the second day. England were one out for 60 the last I checked. And Australia had a fairly good score of something like 350 or something in the first inning. So very exciting. And uh, Simon heads over there and he'll probably be going every day and hanging out with his boy and now- meeting some great people. The the folks the folks in the UK will do a better job of covering up the grounds to keep the grounds dry than they did in Edmonton, right? Oh, you've been watching Edmonton cricket TV. I... Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm mostly positive, but I'll bring the stories in mixed mailbag when they're there. Absolutely. Yeah, it, that 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 just did not look good. Um, and <laughs> and I, you know, I guess I have to ask, you know, the the. That area of the ground where they're bowling, what you know, because it you know, because I know they, if I'm not mistaken, you like at the MCG, they'll actually like lift those sections out and put them somewhere else after cricket season's done and before footy season, they'll put they'll put regular grass in there, right? Yeah, the pitches so, are they're made from different grass and turf than the normal field, mm-hmm. and the pitch is so important in cricket, like right. As you're starting to learn it, that's where cricket's such a great game because the pitch conditions, whether it's grassy or dry, and obviously over five days in the test match, it may crack and become hot cracks in the pitch where the bowlers can hit the cracks. And then the conditions in the clouds will swing the ball. So there's a lot in it with different pitches around the world. It's becoming becoming interesting because they've been playing – like I said, they're, I think they were playing eight of the games in the Major League Cricket at that at the park in Grand Prairie, Texas, near Dallas. And then they're going to – all the clubs will go to North Carolina to play, like, the next series of games. Because the, the whole season, if you will, for this Major League Cricket group is only going to last about five weeks. Right. So but, – but, you know, it's just – it's introducing it. And they actually had a game uh, last night on the CBS Sports Network, which is, you know, it's kind of like, you know, wow. CBS's version of FS1, FS2. So hopefully – Hopefully some some folks found the game over there and checked it out. I've not watched that particular game yet, but I've watched six of the first eight games that have been played and I've been I've just been, you know, really, really interested in it. It's been a lot of fun watching. Wow, I gotta follow it more. I'll study it this week. I did see some highlights of the guy getting run out because he was lazy. Yeah. But uh <clears throat> talking CBS sports, yeah, they've done a They've done a deal with the CFL this year, which is better for the CFL. But good deal, good get deal. Back to, yeah, because yeah. there's you know there's a couple you know there's a, a, about a dozen Australians that are playing in the uh, in this major league cricket. And what one of the names that I think is one of the bigger names is a guy by the name of Aaron Finch. Yes, yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and there was supposed, to, and I guess this is a little bit of a conflict here, but there was uh, one of the players that was supposed to be playing in the major league cricket by the name of Mitchell Marsh, but he's he's busy in the UK playing in the Ashes instead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so... <laughs> wow, yeah. He came in the last test and absolutely played amazing. Hit over 100 runs in wow. equal amount of balls, and he did have a first innings good yesterday as well. So, wow. I just, you're on top of it, mate. I love I, it. I'm, I'm working at it. I just – I have not, I've not watched the Ashes yet because, again, I don't have – I barely have the time to watch the, the the this this condensed T20 version that I'm watching, and I'm and it's usually taking me like two days to watch you know one 
one game because I'll watch, you know, the first team batting and then, you know, the next day I'll, I'll watch the second team batting and I'm not peeking at the scores ahead of time. Cause it's, you know, I had, right. you know, I had one that came down to like the last, you know, literally the last ball being bold. And it was, it's just, it's been a lot of fun to watch. And it's, as, as my son said, you know, since I've given up on baseball, he's like, damn dad, you'll do anything to not watch baseball anymore. Won't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you a quick suggestion. I drive, now so i listen on the radio it's not as good as watching but it's still fun to listen but then last night i simply went to youtube and i watched 15 minutes of highlights from yesterday's test Uh match so maybe maybe i suggest that for you okay that may work so we head back to the mcg for this uh this club from adelaide the crows showing up to play the d's uh you know, the the Melbourne version of Lazarus rising from the dead last week against Brisbane. Um, and again, we have the we have the extended uh, benches here right now. I know Brody Grundy is listed, but uh, it's already been said he's playing VFL this week to go, you know, head, go ahead and work on his forward craft. Of course, there are now rumors yeah. that, you know, cl- you know, Port Adelaide and Geelong and every other club in the comp are looking at possibly trying to pick up Brody Grundy and bringing him in to be their ruck, which... I don't know, but you know, everybody keep you know, the cats keep saying, Well, we're gonna go get a new ruck, we're gonna go get Darcy, we're gonna get Grundy, and Reese Stanley just keeps saying, Hey, didn't you just win a premiership with me last year? Uh yeah. So what are you thinking about this one? I mean, I, I I have a feeling I know who you're going with, but uh this is almost a must win for your for your crows. Oh, I'm pretty upset with them actually losing like they did last week. Himmelberg needs to make the most of his opportunity. Matt Crouch listed. Wow. He he gets a lot of position possessions, but he just doesn't run with the ball. And that's why he's been playing in the sand for all year. Crows have lost five games leading at three-quarter time. Rochelle, we talked about Rochelle a few weeks ago. I said he wasn't playing well. And he did something really stupid. He signed a massive contract too long. Sure, the kid's good. He's got potential. But when they mention him in the same breath as Laird and Dawson and all these great players, I got upset at that. So he needs to have a good holiday and think about what he's doing. Because I posted on Facebook about Rochelle not playing well the last six weeks. And a lot of mates in Australia, South Australia, absolutely agreed with me. So hopefully Mm -hmm. he comes back better and stronger because he does have a lot of ability. Brody... Brody Grundy, I'd take him at the Crows next year. Imagine that if three teams are paying his wage. Wouldn't that be funny? (laughs) Demons favoured by 18. I've got to pick the Demons to win. I have no faith in the Crows away from home. It's at the MCG. And as we know, the Crows nearly beat the Magpies there a few weeks ago. I think the Crows might get within 18, but I'll take the Demons, but I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I went with the Ds by about a goal and a half on this one. And I just, yeah. And this this one could this one could go either way, but you know, Rochelle being out, you know, uh it's it's I just think since it's a home game for Melbourne, I I am gonna go with them on this one. And I think they hold on to their top four spot, you know, one more week because you know the cats are are nipping at their heels. They would they couldn't catch them this week if they won, but they could put even more pressure on them and possibly be just two points behind them. But I will say one one positive for your crows. And yes, they are sitting at number 12 right now. They're a game below level, but their percentage is higher by over three percentage points than any of those clubs that are outside of the eight that are looking at trying to get in. And it's higher than the clubs that are sitting at six, seven, and eight. 
Right. So by a significant amount. <clears throat> so they've got that going for them. Yeah, that's basically worth a game, isn't it, in a way, coming yeah. down the stretch. Yeah. So, and the last game of the weekend, and I <clears throat> we got St. Kilda hosting North Melbourne, and and, and I, I said at the outset here, I said I would love nothing more than for Brett Ratton to just go kick the shit out of the Saints this weekend. I would love to yes. see that happen. It's not going to happen, but I would love to see it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, my <laughs> instant reaction to that is, it could be another poo off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, cause the, 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 the ruse have some big outs, you know, Callum Coleman, Jones, Zerhar Wardlaw is not playing. Um, and you know, if your name is Jack and you wear the, the red, black and white, uh, you've moved on the, on the, the, uh, the list there because you've got three Jacks in and one Jack out. <laughs> um notice that notice i used the word out there i i was I, I could have said something really really i could have had a bit of a faux pas there but uh you know, three, 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 three jacks on one jack well you fill it in yourself uh, <laughs> well, uh, i could go on but you can't say things like that these days you gotta I be, didn't say it. Gotta be I just, careful i left it i left it oh God, i left it hanging there <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, my goodness. Jack, yeah, so Jack, Bill, Jack Billings and Jack Higgins are two of them. They're good players. I know yeah. that's who you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're going with the Saints on this one. Oh, they're favored by 29. No, oh, I, I can't. I'm, I'm struggling to see how the Saints are still in the eight. They got an easy draw or a reasonably easy draw towards the finals, but I don't think they'll make it. I think the Ruse might get within 29. But Hugh Greenwood, I might as well call him the yo-yo. He's been in and out so many times this year. That's unbelievable. The former yeah. pro player and very good basketballer. Yeah, Saints to win, probably. Now, if I'm not mistaken, here in a couple of weeks, we do have the, uh, <clears throat> we do, well, I think it's a foregone conclusion, but, uh, you know, you know the, Ruse, the Ruse and the Eagles do play one another one more time yet this year. So right. we'll, have to, we'll have to see what happens with that game. And, and, and quite frankly, I won't be shocked if the, you know, and, and that one's in at Optus. So I won't be shocked if the Eagles win that one when we get to that one later on. So before we wrap up, any other insight that you have, you know, what have you got going on? Where can people find you? And uh, have you talked to Gabe about Moto Ball yet? <laughs> no, I haven't yet, <laughs> but uh I'm like you, man. Exciting life. Not enough hours in the day. I get to relax a bit Wednesday night. That's about all. And yeah. Edmonton Cricket TV, putting up big shows for that. So hope you can watch that. And, of course, tomorrow night with Gabe Renzi on Sports Grid TV, Sirius XM Channel 159 at about 8.20 Eastern. And again, really enjoyed Gabe on your show last week. So uh, we'll be going through the games and the picks and also the CFL. So AFL and CFL this time of year for me with Gabe Morenci. Mm -hmm. So are you going to – will the bag make another appearance? The uh, mail bag? No, your your grocery bag that you wore last week. <laughs> yeah, I became one of your mob. I yes. became a Cleveland Browns bag on the head after the 
Edmonton Elks went 0-6 and six and tied the record for 20 home losses in a row. A couple of guys at the ground did it, and I interviewed them, so I thought, well, that's a classic. I'll wear the Cleveland Browns bag on the head with Gabe and Dave, and they, I didn't didn't show them preview before the show, so they got a good laugh out of that. Well, so I, ha- I have to... I have to give credit where credit is due because it was way back in 1980. That was the first time that that fans showed up at a stadium for a game wearing the, the paper grocery bags on their heads. And it was not the Cleveland Browns. It was the New Orleans Saints. And they were in those folks. Those yes. folks were wearing their bags and they, they were they were calling them, themselves the Aints. Right. They ain't going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've seen that i've seen that but your brown's been terrible ever yeah. since i've been here so I well, totally understand they have it. been they have been but i am cautiously optimistic this year i am i'm pretty stoked with where mm-hmm. they are i think things i think good things are going to happen this year now i'm not going to get to a <laughs> game because i can't afford to go to one of the games but uh i'll, I'll certainly watch well, as long as your quarterbacks get looked after by the physios and the massage people, I suppose we could be okay, we, right? We, we have, we have, I believe, just one. Just one. We have okay. one masseuse. I believe his name is Serge. He's from Sweden. He's six foot nine. He weighs two hundred and seventy-five pounds. He has to wear double X sized gloves. And uh, if our quarterback tries to get up and leave the room and go elsewhere, he is allowed to actually tackle him. Yes. Oh, so there's not 29 others no, there that he gets there, to I, visit I, in Cleveland? I believe that's... I don't know if there are actually 29 in Cleveland, but no, we're not going to find that out either. Yes. He's a sick, sick man. He's a sick, sick man. <sighs> yeah, and, and they actually just cut loose a player uh, who was accused of some <clears throat> some kind of some ugly things this, this week as well. So, yeah. Well, hey, Mick, I hope you have a fantastic Thursday, sir. It is... Yeah, it is Thursday, yes. Um, I wish your club the best of luck. It's going to be, uh, you know, a good matchup with the D's. Um, last parting word of wisdom for us before we go. Yeah, just some of these younger people, younger generation, they gotta, they gotta smarten up and realize what it was like back years ago with more respect. And we saw it this week with Rioli getting dropped for disrespecting his coach. We sure it with Josh Rochelle not getting a kick, getting frustrated. He's out for two weeks because he got ahead of himself and a bit too smart ass. So just realize, don't get ahead of yourself. You're in a fantastic job playing professional AFL, getting paid well. You get all the glory. Just show respect for your coaches because times have changed, but you got to show that respect. Have a great week, mate. And, uh, Hopefully things go well for you with the tipping and your cats. I hope so too, man. Cheers, Mick. All right. Thanks, man. See you later. All right, Mick. Hey, thanks so very much, man. Uh, Appreciate it. Uh, There's the tips for round 19. You're going to have to tell us uh, where we're right, where we're wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, look out for one another. Please check up on your friends and family. Uh, Remember, you can find everything over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. Uh, you can get on the mailing list, which I hope you'll do if you want. If you love the show and you want to, you know, leave a review, you can do that there as well. If you want to help out the podcast, uh, even maybe help get me out of the airport, uh, you can click on that "Buy Me a Coffee" button over there as well. Uh, if you've got an idea for a guest, please drop me a note there or on one of my other socials as well. 
Uh, I'm getting back to some normalcy here in the next few weeks with regards to my, my summer job. Uh, the school year begins again in less than a month, so I'll be honest, I'm actually looking forward to heading back to school so I can relax a little bit, which I won't be relaxing, but it's just a slightly less stressful situation. Again, you can find me, folks, at eyankonthefootygmail.com and at eyankonthefooty.com, my website. I appreciate the kind words, everybody. You know, I love being able to come and uh, talk with you about this wonderful game. And uh, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 278 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye.